Welcome to Out of the Ordinary, the show that helps you grow a daily life that matters. I'm Lisa Jo Baker. And I'm Christy Purifoy. And today, Lisa Jo, you unpacked for me something I thought I understood about your ordinary life in the evenings, but I honestly had no idea both how hard and how good it really is. Oh man, fasten your seatbelts, listeners. I have some big feelings about the night shift. And nighttime Lisa Joe is a whole vibe who cares not at all how her choices affect morning Lisa Joe. Let's see if you can relate. Get comfy, friends. Here we go. Lisa Joe here in my little corner of Pennsylvania. We are in the season I like to call open window season. Yeah. It's a very, very brief period Yes, between the w- the heater is on for the length of winter and the air conditioning kicks on for the heat and humidity of summer. Um, but despite my allergies, I have to take advantage of this little window of time in which the windows can be open. So I've been sleeping with the windows open, but that means I'm so tired because the birds are waking me up so early in the morning. And I love the sound, but not so much at 545. And so (laughs) I'm sharing this only because here we are. We're about to launch into part three of this, I'm just going to call it this really cool series we've been doing called Morning, Noon, and Evening. Wait, did we call it Morning, Noon, and Night? Morning, Noon, and Night, baby. That sounds better. Morning, Noon, and Night. Um, It has been more than I thought it would be. Um, but appropriate now as we move into part three, I'm afraid our listeners are just going to hear me yawn. I, I'm like yawning even now as I start to say this. I'm so <laughs> tired. So I want to ask you, is night, like when you think of night, is it, are those the tired hours? Are those the yawning hours? Are they something else? I have a lot of things to say in this episode. Buckle in, listeners. <laughs> Me and Nighttime have got a lot of feelings because there are two parts of the night for me. There is the working Lisa Joe night where it's like the late shift of parenthood where all of the driving happens. And I'm trying to make it through that, the driving, the dinner, the shower, the someone forgot something for tomorrow period of the night, which is then follow by the Lisa Joe's alone time period of the night, (laughs) where it is as if I completely forget I have responsibilities or children or an alarm that will go off at seven in the morning. And nighttime Lisa Joe does not care about morning Lisa Joe, does not care about morning children, does not care about next day responsibilities. Nighttime (laughs) Lisa Joe is in it for the snacks and the TV. And I will tell you, nighttime time Lisa Joe cried with joy. I, I had actual tears last night because I finally crawled in on the sofa and was trying to figure out what I wanted to watch. And my all-time greatest detective cop show that I have loved with every fiber of my being that I asked my 11-year-old last night, what is my favorite show? And she said, wait, wait, the, with the B, Bosch, 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 which finished season five last year, had a spinoff come out where Bosch has retired and he's now working as a private investigator. It's the same cast, same sets that just moved to a new network. It just dropped. And I discovered it at 9.30 last night. And Jackson (laughs) said, you're not going to start watching, are you? And I was like, have you met me? Like, are you not acquainted with nighttime Lisa Joe? Of course, (laughs) I will be watching this. 
of course I will. So yeah, nighttime is where I thrive. I come alive. Like I spent the first half of night wanting to die with the driving and I will unpack that for you. And then the second half, I just feel filled with joy. It's as if everything is gone. The day is erased. I am alone with my TV, my Netflix. Sometimes Pete's with me. We're hanging out. I want the children to be gone. I want them out of my sight. I want them to need no things from me because me and Bosch, Lisa Joe and nighttime Lisa Joe are now living their best lives. <laughs> Anytime between 10 and midnight. Oh, wow. 10 and midnight. I, those, I don't see those hours, Lisa <laughs> Joe. <laughs> I know those hours not. I will just say right now. So if we're going to talk about night, I want to hear all of your thoughts, all of your things. We'll see how much I have to contribute. But listener, if I contribute anything, just know that my night is seven to nine. It's brief. <laughs> At it's a, a brief window. Very brief. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and really, actually, I want to call it everything from like 5 to 9 p.m. Yeah, that's, I think that's you know, fair. Evening, night, that's, that's, yeah. that's where I, I, am, I am not yet in my bed from 5 to, well, at least 8 p.m. <laughs> Sometimes I'm in bed at 8. <laughs> I know, because you do not live this horrifying life of the sports mom, which I did not plan for. Like, this was not one of my goals in life. I am not a sporty person. I do not come from a sporty family. And I have these sporty children, and they are involved in, like, all of these sports I said we would never do. Peter and I, for years, said we would never do travel sports, because then you have... Because not only are they doing it at school, now they're on a travel team. And our son, it's actually a legendary story. We told our oldest we would not do travel soccer with him. He kept asking and we kept saying no. His coach, his high school varsity coach actually tells the story now to incoming players <laughs> to motivate them about like, this is the level of commitment you need. Because our son, our dear, nearly 17-year-old, when he was what was he like in sixth or seventh grade? He wrote a professional email to me and his father, and he laid out his argument for why he wanted to play travel soccer. He had done all the research. He knew what team. He listed all the times. He listed the dates of games, the commitment. He had researched how much it would cost. And he then made a commitment to us of like what he would do. And I have to say, First of all, when we got that email, I thought, oh, no, now, right. now we have to do this. <laughs> but he has all these years later, five years later, he has lived up to those initial commitments because I do not drive that. I mean, I do the driving, but I'm not the driving force behind that. If it was up to me and he was like, I'm too tired to go, I would just say, yeah, I agree. Let's not go. Great. And so <laughs> I will say this. So in the last episode, we talked about the noon hour and I said about how around three in the afternoon, my driving begins. And so this from three till 9.30 or 10, oh, I am often in a car. Like that is how long it lasts. Feel my pain, dear listener. Feel my pain. I have PTSD about it. So like I start driving to pick kids up from school. We get home and often it is such a, a tight turnaround. Like here's a great example. Wednesday of this week. Both of my sons have sports after school. Um, one of them is 45 minutes away. My daughter has kickball after school that goes until five, but then she has flag football on a Wednesday night. One son has travel soccer on a Wednesday night, and one son has lacrosse on a Wednesday night. And 
It just feels insane trying to make everybody get to the right places at the right time. So there's very little time for like a sit down dinner, for example. My a lot of what I'm doing is strategizing. I feel like a general leading their troops. Like, when will we eat? What kind of food? Part of it is like, what can Jackson eat between getting home at four and having to leave for soccer that will digest in time? How heavy will it be? Will there be leftovers when he's back from soccer at 9.30 at night? So much of life revolves around their ridiculously dumb sports schedules. But the thing is, I have very little to do with it in the sense that if I get home from picking them all up from school, then I want a nap. Like I need to catch like half hour, 40 minutes and I lie down. I don't set an alarm. I don't plan it. Jackson will come in and say, hey, mom, uh-huh. this is your 10 minute warning. We've got to leave oh. for soccer. Like he's in charge of everything. <laughs> wow. he, washes, he washes all of his own uniforms. He dries them, his cleats, his uniforms, his practice uniform, his kit, his water, his snack, his shakes. I have nothing to do with any of this. Hear me, dear mother. The only way you survive sports is you put all of the responsibility on the kid. And and I am the one, like, if Jack's like, oh, I just, oh, I'm so tired, mom. I don't feel like going. I'm like, great, let's not go. And then he's like, that's <laughs> not how it works. You have, we have to go. I'm like, do we though? <laughs> and so, yeah, I catch a nap. He wakes me up and then he'll say, do you need help with anything? Because he knows oh. like, I'm moving slowly and he's not being polite. <laughs> oh it's because he wants me to get up and like be on time. And he's obsessive. He's so parent. Yeah. Wow, so he, um, fabulous. So if his practice starts at 7.30, they have to arrive by 7.10. So they have to be there 20 minutes early because warm up has to happen before practice starts. It's what's required by their coach. It's kind of impressive. You arrive and there's all these boys. They're there by 7.10, all going through their warm-up drills so that by 7.30, they're out on the field practicing, playing. But because of that, I am like a bitter, whiny child about how early we have to leave always. And I'm always like, oh, Jackson, really? He's like, yes, mom, you could do it. We're good. Listen, I Googled it. He has, he gets on the app. He figures out how far away because it's always at different venues. So he'll tell me it's 35 minutes, mom, or it's 20 minutes. You need to be up. We got to walk out of here. He'll tell me we have to walk out by 645. Okay, mom, like what else do you need? Must I fill up a water bottle for you? Like he's totally like... <laughs> Do you know where your shoes are? Dear mother, (laughs) do you need some Goldfrist crackers? (laughs) Totally. Like he is like, he knows that he has to motivate me out the house. (laughs) I had no idea. This is so much more fascinating than I thought it would be. Keep keep going. Keep going. It's a whole thing. So he knows the drill. He will have like informed his siblings if they're at home that he's leaving. Mom's taking me now. Um, Sometimes I have to take another one of them because I have to drop one of those off and circle back to Jackson and then circle back. And it's just not on me. Like that's on them to coordinate and inform me. All I will do is get my keys and walk out of the house. And Jackson, (laughs) I can tell he's like trying, he's restraining himself from telling me, okay, are you coming? Like, let's go, let's go. And he's just polite. And by his physical presence, like he will be like, all right, I'm going to the car now. And he will like go out and he'll be sitting in the front seat, like just waiting <laughs> for me and willing me to be on time. <laughs> and we drive and one of, this is actually one of my favorite parts. So usually I've been 
the worst time of day for me is between three and four thirty. I'm so tired. There's so much driving. I'm it's hot, like often the sun is like hitting you through the window in an unpleasant way. I'm kind of annoyed. I've come home. I've napped for half an hour. Now I'm starting like the late shift driving. But my favorite thing about my oldest son is that he loves music. He has a very eclectic musical palette, much like his father. And we have this thing. We've done it for years. When we drive together, he DJs music for us, and he will say to me, "What kind? What are you feeling like?" And I'm like, "Oh, I'm so." tired or, oh, I need something peppy or I feel like something slow. And then he will choose the <laughs> perfect song. Like his whole goal is to, to get the exact song to match my mood. Wow. <laughs> and he'll like blast it in the car. And, uh, and it's so, sometimes I'm not even joking. Like it's like some eighties bangles song, which he has discovered <laughs> the eighties, or sometimes it's like German rock music or French rock music, which he gets into. There's some Ukrainian artists Pete's introduced him to. Sometimes it's just a rapper from the U.S. Sometimes I nearly, I, I was like, what is happening? The other night he was blasting Carrie Underwood's God bless the broken road that led me straight to you. <laughs> over at my nearly 17-year-old who's singing it with his eyes like Aww. scrunched up, you know, and he's like, isn't this song so great? <laughs> he had just discovered it. It's so funny. And he's like, so it's in those moments, though, that I transform from a bitter beer face to this very sentimental mom because I look over at him and he's like a man now. Like he has a man's body, a man's responsibilities in the seat next to me. And I want to say things like, oh my gosh, you're so handsome and so strong. Look at your muscles and I'm so proud of you. And I don't, I just say, uh, we're here now, right? And he's like, yep, we're here. And often I will drop him off and then the sun sets in like just stunning, stunning ways over the soccer field. And a lot of the time, because I don't feel like driving back and forth, I'll just camp out there for an hour and a half. So I'll have packed snacks and then I bring like a book. Sometimes I bring my laptop and watch a show. Like I just use my, you know, hotspot on my phone and it, it does kind of become the sweet hour and a half. That's just my time. And, uh, and then when he gets in, it's always this interesting dance of like, how did it go? And does he want to chat? Does he feel like it was a bad? practice? Is he feeling strong? Sometimes he's just in this great mood because he's hyped up on adrenaline and exercise and endorphins and he wants to put on some great tunes on the way home. And so it has become this ritual. It's the same with my other son, Micah, who plays lacrosse. So I'm at one of his games and he'll get in and he smells so terrible. Like everything smells terrible when they get in the car, but then they <laughs> usually want to go to Wawa. It's like a thing. We'll stop in at Wawa and there's a sandwich he always wants to get. And I'm always astonished to see the amount of food that they consume. But honestly, Christy, between like three in the afternoon and sometimes 9.30 or 10 at night, I am consistently on the go in the car with them. It is a very intense period. And uh, people have asked, you know, isn't Jackson going to get his driver's license? Like he can start driving. And as much as I want him to do that, so I don't have to drive him, I am just as equally sad at the thought of losing these moments because it's been nearly 10 years now of driving him to sports. And the thought of it ending is really hard to wrap my mind around. And I think about the conversations we've had late at night when it's dark and he can just talk to me and we're not looking directly at each other. Um, it is really sort of the sacred time outside of time pocket. And so it's weird for me that it is equally sacred, magical time with my kids and 
a living hell that I wish I could escape. <laughs> and I'm making it sound like it's just me who drives. Peter does too. So we are, you know, taking equal shares of it, but it is really, it is a lot. And sometimes when it's really bad, I mean, I had a night where. <laughs> Because I don't look at the directions at all, like he's responsible for all of it. So he pulls it up on his phone, he plugs it in, I drive to whichever sports complex we're going to, and there's like five or six of them. They move around with different fields, sometimes it's indoor training, sometimes it's outdoor. So one night I had dropped him off and I was close enough to home that I was driving home and I was like, I had driven off and I was like five minutes away and he calls me. He's like, hey, uh, are you still here? And I'm like, no, I'm on my way home. He's like, yeah, so uh, at the wrong venue, I I got the wrong one. And I'm like, what? And so I have to cycle back, pick him up, get in. And what I'm learning about teen boys is you can't be like, why'd you get that wrong? Like, you have to just be like okay, dude, like, are you sure about the address? And so then I dropped him off at another one. We pulled in and he was like, oh, wait, wait, nope, nope. This is not it either. And we went to three different soccer fields that night. <laughs> was a bitter, bitter beer face about it. But I will say to their credit, this is why I told you I have a lot to say about night. When we get home in the evenings, I'm exhausted. And all I want to do is go like hang out on my bed and watch Netflix on my computer. But they begin an evening routine. They, both of them, Jackson and Micah, will walk into the house and immediately put all of their gear into the wash, into the washing machine. They're so cute. I'll hear them call out to each other like, Micah, are you ready? Can I start the wash? Like they wait for each other to have both of their clothes in. One of them will start it. uh, And they'll then they are hungry. And they've already had a dinner, mind you. And then they will eat another entire meal primarily made up of like some kind of very fatty meat like sausage or brats or steak or they'll do chicken too and a starch so they'll have like basically this and then they'll have a very complicated smoothie that's annoying and loud that they make (laughs) Um, but they'll cook all of that for themselves and they'll switch over they remember to switch the stuff over to the dryer and while all of that is happening I'm usually checked out in the bedroom but sometimes we'll just feel drawn to hang out with them because they're funny and they're talkative and they're now like super high on, you know, having worked out. And so they're the worst part is like as your kids get older, they're chattier and chattier later and later and later. Oh, and it so, is the worst. Lisa. It's yes, the best and the worst. Yes, yes. So your time, like for me, I am counting down the minutes till I can sit down alone and watch Bosch or be with Pete. So like last night, Pete and I are hanging out watching something, but a kid keeps coming back and forth. Like now he's doing laundry. Now he's making popcorn. Now he wants to talk to us about some sporting event. And eventually I'm like, just no, be quiet. Go away. (laughs) Go away. I don't want to talk to you. So the night is like so full. I really feel like the bulk of my waking hours are really the evening hours, which is why I'm often tired in the morning. But as much as I try and shift it, I can't. I Morning Lisa Joe hates nighttime Lisa Joe and nighttime Lisa Joe does not care. Well, and I like how you've worked in a little nap. So yeah, the fact that you can nap. take a nap, like that's really smart. It makes the schedule work. I I had I I know this story of all the driving and yet I didn't I didn't really know. It's good to hear it like moment by moment. I I honestly didn't understand other than the time alone with a kid in the car, which I do get. Um I mentioned that in the morning episode myself. Um, I didn't get why this wouldn't be something you would be actively seeking any other way <laughs> to structure your life. But but now I see the fact, I mean, I can only imagine for your sons, like this responsibility of completely managing a complicated scheduling and commitment and discipline, like that's, 
you know, that's clearly huge for them. That's fantastic. Um, yeah, things really could not be more, well, I was going to say things could not be more different in my house, but no, that's not true. I, I feel like that's, we're, we're similar ages, similar stages. And so really probably there's a lot more resonance between our days and even our evening schedules than there may be between what we're describing and what many of our listeners um, are experiencing. I know it's totally different with young kids. It's totally different if you live on your own, if you're an empty nester. I mean, these these things shift so much, which reminds me maybe even more so than we discussed in our last episode around the noontime hour is that evening for you and I, at least, um, is so much about other people, so much about, you know, the people that we live with and relate to. And um, that's true for us as well, because one of the things that has happened this year is that our family, my kids have a whole new evening routine And the reason is this. So I know I've shared on the podcast before that my husband's parents came to live with us um, back in the fall. And something that happened really right away, and I don't even remember how it happened. I, I wish I could. I'll have to ask them, do you remember? But somehow it became a thing where my kids realized that every evening at 7 p.m. on the dot, Grammy and Granddad were watching TV. And they were watching um, shows that my children had never experienced. (laughs) Because here's a funny, I think, generational thing, um, is that I grew up, and I think, you know, my parents and in-laws have continued, you know, I grew up with like network TV. So you watched what was on the TV at certain times, and there were commercial breaks, and like, that's what TV was. And that is not I don't have that in my life anymore, and my kids have never had it. So we've never had our TV hooked up to traditional cable. We've never even, it's too confusing to figure out satellite, uh, like antenna things. And so even though there's network channels that should be like available to us, we have never had them. (laughs) So like, I don't, I can't just turn on and watch the evening news. I, you know, network TV shows are unknown to me unless they're streaming on some sort of streaming service and I can pull them up whenever I want. So we have some funny stories from the kids, even recently, and my kids are older. Recently with my kids, um, I'll just share one. So recently my daughter was, so she was singing some funny song and I just kept saying, where did you hear that? And she was like, oh, mom, so um, when I watch TV with Grammy, there's a, a there's a time in the show and they and it's the show stops. And then there's um, different, I don't even know what word she used. Like she didn't know the word commercial. She was like, and then there's like different things you can buy. And sometimes they have songs and there's a couple of them. And then the show <laughs> comes back on. <laughs> I was like, Elsa, honey, I know commercials, TV commercials. Yes, I am familiar with the concept. <laughs> Uh, um, anyhow, <laughs> so that that has been our, you know, we have a TV, we watch things, but like, that's how it is, is that whenever it's time to watch, we choose something together, or my child opens up, you know, YouTube Kids or an app and, and streams something. And um, it's a very on-demand way of approaching <laughs> media. I don't know if it's more good or bad. But when our Grammy and granddad moved in with us, you know, they had certain rhythms around evening TV, which included the news and which included, here is Angel singing, Jeopardy. <laughs> nice. Yes. If I could do it, I would do the little, what is the little tune, the I little know. jingle? Do, 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 do. <laughs> yeah. 
the thinking music. Yeah. So somehow my kids found out that this is what Grammy and Granda did in the evening. They discovered Jeopardy um, and they loved it, especially my um, older son, who's always been like a knowledge trivia geek. My parents used to call him Google when he was little because he just loves to spout facts that he's learning. So clearly, Jeopardy has been missing from his life for many years, but now now he's found it. So yeah, they started in the fall, going over in the evenings um, to Grammy and Granddad's space and watching Jeopardy um, and then watching Wheel of Fortune. Or I think I feel like sometimes if it's a rerun or something, they switch to Family Feud. Does that sound right? I mean, it's the one where you guess there's something where you guess lists and I think that is family feud I don't I know that I've is. ever watched a whole episode of it but I I do think that's what it is I think it yeah family feud I think that's it so here here let me explain why does Christy not even know what her children are watching part of the routine has been is that I make dinner or John makes dinner we have a family dinner um, it's all that hub hub of conversation and sometimes argument and bickering and laughing that you know you get with four big kids in the house. And and then all of a sudden, whoosh, they all whoosh out and they go to watch Jeopardy. Um, and every night my son will say, mom, you would love Jeopardy. You would know the literature questions. Why don't you come watch Jeopardy with us? And every night I tell him, Thaddeus, I know I would. I'm really torn. And it's true. I am. But when you all leave and go watch Jeopardy, the house gets really, really quiet <laughs> right. for 30 minutes to for 30 to 50 minutes. <laughs> it's magical. <laughs> and it is, it is. So there has there has entered into my life this weird pause when after like the high of dinner, there is this like peaceful lull um, when I can do the dishes or um, now that it's light later, I, I can go for a quick walk, you know, down the driveway or into the garden, see what's blooming. And so as much as I, I am intrigued by the idea of answering trivia questions with my children. That actually sounds fun to me. Um, I, I don't yet have the perhaps willpower to step away from my home when it has suddenly gone quiet and yeah. empty. <laughs> well, it's probably nice for Grammy too. Like she gets yeah. her special time with the kids. I think it is. I think it is. And bless her. She keeps her refrigerator well stocked with Jeopardy watching snacks, which I know are also very appealing. And I don't ask any questions about the snacking at Grammy's Aww. house. Like what happens at, in Grammy's living room in front of Jeopardy <laughs> stays in Grammy's living room in front of Jeopardy. Even though I've noticed like my children coming back into the house with suspicious sugary sticky stains around their mouths and on their <laughs> fingers. But I don't know. I don't ask. <laughs> Oh, that's great. I know it is surprising to me how much of my life is lived in the evening hours. I think I've never been a morning person. I feel I find the night magical, like all the parts of it. I love sort of that, you know, I, I hated it when I had little kids, that witching hour when the sky is changing and it's getting darker and your kids are getting more and more restless. But now that I have adult, you know, almost adult, like grownish kids, that time of night is actually quite special because now they're coming in and everybody's helping out lay a table or eat a meal together, sit down, talk. 
Um, we laugh about how at our house it's really hard to get people to put clothes on. Like the boys are generally like in between some kind of sports, you know, with school and sports. And so they're just like walking around in their boxer briefs. And I'm like, guys, please have mercy. Please put on clothes. What are you doing? Um, but it is the chaotic engine of our house. I know at your house, everybody eats breakfast every day. Like John cooks a breakfast. Nobody eats breakfast at our house. Micah might have a bowl of cereal. Jackson is often too anxious, not anxious isn't the right word, but his stomach isn't ready to eat in the mornings. He doesn't like breakfast. Zoe's later in the day and she may or may not want some, but in the evenings, everybody is starving. There's always a gathering in around the table. It's never pretty. Like we joke about that, like how unpicturesque our family times are together, (laughs) how bad the manners are. I just feel like it's like a bunch of zoo animals sitting down together is how it seems. But But that sort of launches us into the evening and the routine and it's often, you know, homework and laundry and getting ready for the next day and preparing. And But it's also often, I think my kids are like me, like they come alive in the evenings too and often much later. So not even in the afternoons, but after sport, after they showered, after they ate again, suddenly now they like want to come and talk to you about things and that is the biggest change I did not expect of having older kids, how at 1030 at night, someone can a- arrive and, and ask what doesn't seem like a loaded question. Like, do you just want to watch an episode of Parks and Rec before bed, mom? And then we turn the episode on. And while they're turning it on, they will sideways tell you something that happened. And then you realize, oh, we're actually going to be having this conversation. Like the TV is on, but we're not watching it. And this is happening now. And you have to completely rewire in your own brain expectations of yourself now um, with with older teens. And so I would really say our family really lives in those nighttime hours for good or evil. Like sometimes I worry that I've programmed my children so that they they won't be morning people and they'll always stay up too late and be tired in the mornings. And I just can't uh, bring myself to care too much about that. <laughs> we do. We like shape each other and form each other. Right. And I think um, like it's for the good. Like that's what creates culture. You have a family culture and we have a family culture. And it isn't entirely of our choosing, right? Like, right. like certain things are, we can be intentional. And and I know you and I, that's, I mean, that's kind of mostly what this podcast is about, right? Being intentional about our ordinary daily lives. And yet, you know, this story of like you and Peter not choosing this travel sports life um, is true. I, I think that just has to resonate for for all of us, no matter what's going on in our homes and our lives, is that we're dealing with a mix of things that we have control over, more or less, and we can choose and we can be intentional. And then there's all the rest that just comes and we can fight it, we can receive it, we can make the best of it, we can, it, do, it doesn't, and even when we make the best of it, as I see you doing, it doesn't mean we're always happy or feel good about it. Like it, it is what it is. Um, and that too is. Uh, such a huge part of, um, you know, what shapes our, our morning, noon, and night. And like learning to, I don't know, be intentional where we can and then just accepting. And I guess one big reason for the why behind the series, you know, I know when we started out with the first episode, it was because I was sharing like this moment I'd had where I'd looked back at the car time I used to have with a child and realized, oh, that season is over. Um, and I, I could see in retrospect the goodness of it, even though I was grateful for how my 
life is different now. And so in pausing to reflect on morning, noon, and night in our lives, I think it's our, our chance to see what is right now and acknowledge it and name it and understand it and kind of figure out what's good, what's hard. And somehow I think in the doing of that, we'll be better equipped to enter into what's next. I know for you and I, morning, noon, and night are about to change completely as, you know, our children come home for summer vacation and schedule shift. Um, My daughter's going off to college, you know, so there's those family shifts that change everything. But I feel maybe like better equipped to navigate that because I know what I have now. I know it's not forever. I know it's good and it's hard. And uh, somehow just that paying attention and telling the story of it, I feel like gets prepares me for whatever the next chapter is, even though I don't know really what the next chapter is in the same way that I don't, I didn't know that our evening routine would include Jeopardy and mm. Wheel of Fortune and learning all about everything that is advertised in the evening. <laughs> uh, my children know a whole lot about um, insurance and uh, certain medications. <laughs> whole new worlds of knowledge now. <laughs> oh, that's so funny. I know there is something about reflecting on or telling the story that you're living, like not just going through the motions, but telling the story of it that helps you find meaning in it. And for me, as someone who never thought she'd be a sports mom, I do have as much as I complain about it, like a great deal of pride in these sons of mine who I know have to balance. It's difficult between schoolwork and academics and school teams and travel teams. And it's astonishing to me. If it was up to me, I I just wouldn't do it. I don't understand why you would choose that. Um, But I see them becoming men who are being formed by these disciplines and uh, learning to take responsibility in these really key and formative ways. So when I pause enough to pay attention to that, then I don't just see like how much gas I spend driving this car (laughs) or how bad my car smells or (laughs) how many lacrosse sticks we have in our hallway. I start to see a different story about them and their character and how they've been formed. And uh, and I guess part of it, too, is the beauty of how they've been formed like Pete. Like, they're formed like me, but they're formed like Pete. And so much of my story is around movies and books and storytelling and rest and, like, fun trips to bakeries or going out to eat. But, but Pete is formed by sports. Like, he always has been. He's played all the sports. He watches all the sports. He loves what sports teaches kids about character and meaning. And, um, and so, it's, part of it is just the beauty of how they reflect their father, like how they're made in his image in ways I, I guess I just never anticipated. And so, I guess I hope for you listeners, too, that as you've listened to us deconstruct our days and you look at your own the hope always on the show is to see beyond just the what feels like drudgery to see beyond the mundane to see beyond just the parameters of ordinary and to push past them into the extra like what is where is the beauty in these moments where where what feel like visual snapshots we're taking to hold on to them in a day and so paying attention to a day. And I encourage you, like, as you live a day, sometime decide in the morning, I'm going to pay attention to all the parts of this day. Like, what is a day in the life of our family like right now? Um, Because yeah, it shifts, you know, it's completely different than it was when our kids were little, and I could control everything that they said or did or participated in. And now I feel 
less and less control around them and more and more them stepping into their their lives and inviting us to participate we are still we're still their parents we're very active but i do feel more and more like we're guests in some parts of their story and we get to bear witness and cheer for them but we're not the primary protagonist anymore in their story, which is so strange, um, but really sweet and tender. So I will, I'll look back on these years, I'm sure, and think, how did we do that? The same way we looked back on the baby years. <laughs> um, but they're also really tender memories um, of night. And I guess I do like to look at the future and imagine one day, will there be all these girlfriends or wives sitting around the table with us? You know, what will that, what will those evenings look like in the future? Um, and it's nice to be reminded time doesn't stand still. And it's not always a sad thing that it keeps moving. It keeps bringing us into newer stories, different chapters uh, that invites you to keep being curious about your own life. Hmm. Maybe if we give this episode a literary title, we can call it Tender is the Night. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be like uh, a day in the life, night edition, uh, colon, you know, like dash yes. or subheading yeah. or what? what is it called? Subtitle, Tender yeah. is the Night. Tender is the Night. <laughs> I feel like you need like Richard Burton and Liz, yeah. what's her face? as <laughs> a picture. Yeah. A silhouette. <laughs> good night, listeners. Sleep well. <laughs> Good night, good night. Parting is such sweet sorrow that we should say good night till it be morrow. My one Shakespeare line I can quote. Ah. <laughs>